being able to know you have a platform and understand that platform and then focus intensely on the platform is a core of a strategy, one of those core elements of a strategy. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development as businesses aim for long-term success. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sofion CTO. If you're looking for additional information around new product development or corporate innovation, sign up for Sofian's newsletter where we share news and industry best practices monthly. The fastest way to do this is to go to sofian.com, that's S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, and click the sign up and stay informed box. My distinct pleasure today to welcome Paul O'Connor to our show. Paul is the founder and managing director of the Adept Group. He has led innovation initiatives at major companies, including Johnson & Johnson, Exxon, Pfizer, W.L. Gore, and Procter & Gamble. Paul's focus and expertise are on how best to set up, implement, and use new practices and processes to create and develop and manage products. But Paul moves beyond traditional best practices, and he helps companies with something called product line velocity, which really leads to greater customer satisfaction, superior cash flow, and stronger competitive positioning. He's really worked with global companies and complex product lines. But in addition to that, he teaches master classes, coaches teams, and facilitates cross-organizational implementations. One of my favorite things about Paul is his book. He's written a book, The Profound Impact of Product Line Strategy. Paul, welcome to the show. Paul Heller, it is so nice to talk to you again and join you and the Sofion team here on this podcast. I'm very glad to be aboard. That's great. Paul, you have such a great background. How did you first get involved in innovation and new product development? Well, you know, you're right. I've been around for a quite a long time in this area, but if I took you back to the beginning of my career, I was working in product management for a chemical company. And then that got me involved in trying to figure out how to do things better. And I ended up getting in, into the Product Development and Management Association. And from there, moved over to a consulting company doing what today we call open innovation that teamed me up. I was like doing a, a, a little a little aside with that is that coming out of that shop was a lot of the open innovation thinking, but also a colleague there by the name of Gifford Pinchot started a movement called the Entrepreneurship Movement. And that started to become a thing too. And while there, I got introduced to a fellow by the name of Bob Cooper and Bob and I worked together pre-StageGate days and then during the beginning of StageGate on many things and even up to the beginning of uh, portfolio management. I've learned a lot of stuff with Bob and alongside of Bob and evolved from there doing process work within companies, uh, doing work around setting up innovation programs and portfolio management. That's led to where, where we are today in uh, laying out product line roadmaps and understanding what we're doing with product lines and looking at multiple products within whole product line systems and understanding the foundation of thinking of product lines as systems. So that's where we've kind of moved to today. And there's been a lot that's gone along with it. And I think there's a lot for companies to gain. I've had the privilege of being able to kind of sit outside of the academic community, but be very close to what the academic community is doing. 
and then working with many companies inside to see what's actually happening and why and the struggles that people are are going through and, and why they're going through those those problems well that's it in a nutshell it's been quite a journey it's been a lot of fun i've been doing it for uh, many decades so it's taken a while to get here what a, what a great background thanks for sharing that i know you've published a whole wealth of material not just the great book which i've enjoyed reading i've read it multiple times but you've done some blog articles and a lot of publications and really you've become a trusted advisor for many companies so i think that just builds on on all of what you just talked about and paul there's so many things we could talk about you and i right now but tell us about an area you've been focusing on recently well, I'm trying to make sure I communicate well the, the foundation of product lines as systems. And the foundation goes back to understanding the difference between single product thinking and multiple product thinking. It's what I refer to the single product mindset that's really a foundation in most companies. It's what people learn how to do. It's like one product at a time, innovate one product at a time, create one product at a time, manage one product at a time. But the reality of the world is that it isn't, doesn't work that way quite. And even though we learn all these best practices about how to take one product and move it through a, through a company, the bigger deal is about how the whole set of products work, how they work together, and how to make them deliver more than just one-off developments. So getting people to see the fact that they are tied into the single product mindset is really a big deal to me now so that they can move on and start understanding what this multiple product mindset is and why it sets up the thinking of what I refer to as product lines as systems and what that where that takes you and why that's so much different in, in how things are set up in organizations today. So, so you're not you're not really talking about a company that has a single product. I think what I hear you talking about is companies they have many products, but they treat them, I guess, one at a time or in silos. Is that is that is that right? Well, they treat uh, products into narrow areas. But l let's look at it like this: if you look at only one product at a time you fail to get any leverage across multiple products. If you look at products one at a time, you don't necessarily set them up in positions in the market to complement one another to the best that they could. And if you look at one product at a time, you can, you can end up having things come about that are not necessarily good fits for the company and what they should be doing and how they should be doing it. I think one of the bigger problems that, that companies face when they have such a foundational single single product mindset is that it becomes very, very difficult for these firms to transform into new ways of doing things, into new business models, into pivoting product lines. It's because everything is so independent and there's no comprehensive, coherent look at the whole thing and how it all comes together. So what we're trying to do is to lay out the foundation of why this is different, single product versus multi-product thinking, and where that takes you to, what, it, what a company has to do to move it forward. Did companies just naturally get to this point or did they just somehow say one day, well, we need to focus more? Uh, because I can imagine focusing on market segments, market dynamics might lead you to a single product thinking. How did companies get here? 
I think it has been a natural evolution and it's not like, you know, we started off in the understanding everything in the beginning. You know, for me, as I, as I look back at my whole career, I think about the incredible number of conferences that I've sat through and, and listening to people deliver different papers, both academic conferences and, you know, business practitioner kind of conferences. And you, you could almost, if I took you back to some of the early kind of thinking, it was always about back in the 1980s, it, the big topic was, if only I had a really good product, life would be good. And then, then it became one of cross-functional teaming. If only I had a good product and I could do cross-functional teaming. And yes, we talked silos and all that stuff back then. And then it became, I need a process to, to take this through and, and match up to, to doing certain steps properly. And that's actually the foundation of like stage gate thinking. Then it became, I need more flexibility and I need, but along the way there, I would say someplace in the early 90s, there was a realization that, hey, nobody does one product at a time. We're always doing, we always trying to manage multiple products. This is more like an engineering resource problem that they were seeing. And it was, how do I manage the portfolio? The problem that we bumped into in moving portfolio management forward is that there's seldom deep understanding of product line strategy. It's almost like the portfolio has to create the strategy a product-oriented strategy, and then we act from there. But those that are doing portfolio management typically are not in a position to do very much about strategy. They're looking for the C-suite to do it for them and then or somebody else. The problem has been that better practices start showing that those that have, have focused at the product line level, this place between the individual product and the business strategy at the product level, product line level, they are able to orchestrate this whole thing a lot better. And it's not just, it's not just about the products. It's about organizational things. It's about what's going on in the market. It's about technologies and how technologies are flowing and then putting it all together to drive innovation and push innovation and take from innovation what, what opportunities that, that there are. But it's been a quite a journey in that sense. And I know that most of the young people that I talk to in the business today don't, don't have that kind of picture of what's happened. But this has been an evolution along the way. And I am sure if we pushed out another 20, 30 years, we'll start seeing a lot different thinking. Right today, though, this single product paradigm, this foundational paradigm that people have based everything on needs to be changed. And we need to move over into a multiple product paradigm that sh shifts over towards what's going on with product line strategies and using innovation within it and using innovation to, to influence the strategy. Yeah, there you go. So you mentioned a couple of things I'd like to explore. Let's start with the, the business strategy versus the product line strategy. So companies will, will establish a business strategy. Maybe they want to be more green. They want to have sustainable chemicals. They want to have healthier food, whatever those, those high-level business drivers are. And they often come, as you said, from the C-suite. They're driven by really high-level thinking economically of where a company wants to go to begin with. But then they, they just have to filter down to be part of product lines. And then how does a product line strategies relate or support or extend that business strategy? So let me just put this kind of like in a, in a diagram, a visual mental diagram that we can just try to paint this mental picture. 
everybody's aware of like a, a stage gate diamond box, diamond box kind of thing that goes on. And then trying to connect that to front end, the things that happened before it starts to look very, that's why we came up with this term years ago, fuzzy. However, lots has gone on in the front end. We know it way better than, than we've ever done. Bef- we've done way better there than we've ever done before. And it's getting even, even better. Our issue has always been going before front end and linking that to strategy, if you can see. So in these sub, sub processes, stage gate, front end, and now it linked to strategy. It was always like the, I wish I could figure that part out to figure out how product development and innovation ties together with this. Well, what I started seeing was the business strategy that you're referring to is what what I would refer to as the aspirational strategy of a business. It's not the in the trenches strategy. The corporate, the business, uh, high level business strategy doesn't want to dictate to what people do in the trenches. They just want these higher level objectives and results to, to be the outcome. That's very well understood, but now we have to link what we're doing in the trenches back to that. And that missing link in between is what I would refer to as the product line level. It's not the portfolio as many people think, it's just how we blend this thing in the portfolio. In fact, I would say the whole notion of portfolio blend or portfolio balance, portfolio mix, it's all misguided, it's all in the wrong direction. What we're more concerned about is whether the portfolio is carrying out the product line strategy, if we have one, and that the product line strategy is part of a major component within the business strategy and that they come together. So this notion of aspirational corporate strategy is more about how it links to product line strategy and the roadmap activities that go to carry out that product line strategy. This is a very important part because you mentioned at the beginning in introducing me, I talked about this, you, you mentioned this, this very new kind of thinking of what, what we call product line velocity. And that's about driving the benefits of the product line toward these things like the objectives in the business strategy. But we know that there are certain parts of product line strategy that are very important for the whole thing to move forward. And the three elements would be the three parts are are cash flow. We know we have to have cash flow somehow in there, and we know we have to have competitiveness, how our system, our product line system competes against others. And then the third is how we deliver customer satisfaction. Many of the aspirational things that we're talking about link to each one of those and very much into customer satisfaction as well. What we need to be able to do is to drive those three dimensions of the product line velocity forward in being able to move the product line forward. And once you start seeing the sets of products that you're working with in a product line and you start seeing that as a system, You can see how the movement of the system and the the progression of the system is so important for for advancing advancing the business. So product line strategy fits within business strategy. You'll also see that there's a difference in big companies, having dealt with many big companies, there's a difference between big company corporate strategy and business unit strategies, and then product lines within business units. I'm just doing a hierarchy here that starts saying, usually it's very hard for top 
corporate level with multiple business units to start dictating how to run the cash flows and business models within each of the business units. So it's really at the business unit level when things start to come together and being able to lay that hierarchy on it. So I'm just trying to make sure that it's not only just corporate strategy and the on the big enterprise-wide corporate and then coming down to products. There's these other things that need to link between these other areas of strategy that need to link in between. There you go. That's that's I, I thought that was that was really helpful, Paul. When you talk about sets of products as a system, I think that that really brings it together nicely. It's no longer a linear stage gate process. Well, we're going to do this and make a decision. We're going to do that and make a decision. Well, that's still well and good. There's this higher level piece, This, like you said, systems, systems thinking. I think that's, that's really good. Paul, what makes one product line strategy better than another? Yeah, so let's take it from that, that systems view. What's so interesting about systems is that not all parts, not all forces within the system are equally important. In any system, no matter where you look, there are certain parts that are always more important. So if you think of a car, for example, one part of that car system is the is the engine. Another part is the transmission. Well, when you start looking at what makes the car the car, there's everything makes the car the car. But there's certain parts that actually, certain parts of that system that actually drive its capability and delivers the most of the attributes that you're, you're looking for. And we can see what those core parts are for product lines as well. So just so that you pick up, let me just outline those three core parts of a product line system that drive and start defining the strategy. If you know what they are and you work hard to move and improve those, then you're going to be moving into a better strategy. The three are what we call a platform lever. And this is not to be confused with platforms in the in the ecosystem, like the three-party platforms where you have in Facebook being a platform, bringing two different parties together and communicating or, or, or buyers and sellers together. And this is not that kind of a platform. This is a platform lever that's internal to the company, internal to the product line that enables leverage. Leverage we define as greater, faster speed, time to market, and then also lower cost per bang for the buck. You get more out of it. So scale, design, design reuse of hardware. Uh, there, there's many different platform types. Being able to know you have a platform and understand that platform and then focus intensely on the platform is a core of a strategy, one of those core elements of a strategy. The next one is the positioning of all the products that come off the product line, how they position and the aggregate positioning of those. And are they targeted in the right segments? Are they targeted to the right needs within those segments? And if you come into my lectures, you'd see that I get very deep into why jobs to be done segmentation, not just per single products, but for whole markets, jobs to be done segmentation becomes so, so much of a cornerstone of being able to do that. And the positioning, how they work together becomes a, a strong element of a product line strategy in driving competitiveness and in driving customer satisfaction. And then the third element is what we call chain leak alignment. This is like the internal makeup of the organization where every function is a different link in a strategy, corporate strategy chain. So sales is a, is a link, supply chain is a link, and finance is a link, HR is a link, IT systems are links. These, these links 
each have their own strategies on their own. Product lines are links. They have their own strategies. The issue that we have is that the effectiveness of the whole chain and our effectiveness as a link within that chain depends on, on these, other, these other links. And it's always frustrating to see, for example, a company come up with a one-off product that the sales force can't handle or just a few people in the sales force can handle. And then you start saying, why in the world did we do that? And you have a disconnect between how these things are moving or the supply chain doesn't match up or finance doesn't match up. In fact, for those that want to get into this, you'd start seeing hmm, the way that chain comes together and our role at the product line, how that chain comes together is basically the, the business model. And if we change that, if we change our business model, that whole link, link setup changes. So if I said, hey, we're going to pivot the product line in a certain way, there's no question we're going to have to also change the change link. So that how we organize and carry out change link management is part of the strategy. So those are the three elements that we look for in a good product line strategy. And that's platform leverage, positioning of, of the products, and then chain link alignment and synergy. So when we put those together and we see how well they're working, we could say this strategy is probably better than that strategy that doesn't, for example, doesn't even have, that, that doesn't understand or identify any leverage in its platform levers, or it's always having disconnects with different links within the, their chain, or the positioning is so scattered that we don't get any synergy across, across the whole. That's how we determine whether a product line strategy is how good it is. We look at those three core elements. And just to repeat it, that comes from systems thinking and understanding what are the core parts of the system that make, make a difference. Those are the three core parts of a system that make a difference in product lines. That's incredible, Paul. And, and you know, when I introduced you, I mentioned that you work with lots of companies in in a consulting capacity, helping them helping them look at these factors, helping them understand and how to move forward and be successful. So thank you so much for sharing that. Really appreciate that. What would be one key learning or piece of advice you would give to someone in this area? Well, the first thing is what I'm trying to make sure people get their arms wrapped around. And that's if they can see, if they can see within their organization that they're tied to a single product mindset, seeing it, and then understanding that there is a multi-product mindset that leads over into product lines as systems. If you can see the product line, or if you can see your mindset within cutting across your organization as being very much a single product mindset, then you've come a long way to actually making the step where you need to go, how you need to how you need to build change within the organization to get to the next level of performance, and that that I think is a big deal. By the way, the way I the way I usually describe coming across single product thinking is I, I give lots of different examples of things that can happen so people can pick up on what what it might be and why why it's going on, but. Seeing it within an organization is much like spotting the the hidden picture in one of those brain teasers puzzles, like the uh, the two ladies that the one's a witch and one's a one's a beautiful woman, and you say I can't see the other one, and then all of a sudden you see it and you say 
Now I now it just pops into sight and it goes out of sight, pops it. I can see it all the time. And in fact, that's what will happen once you start learning this. You'll start going into meetings or going on to uh, our Microsoft Teams meetings that we're going into all the time now and, and hearing somebody say something, you realize that comment and that presentation is totally from a single product mindset point of view. And the thing is, we, we reward people for it. We boost it up. My goal is to make people sensitive to that right now so they can move and see what else is out there and move into this multi-product mindset and product lines as systems. I think that is an excellent piece of advice. You know, I think it's hard for people to take stock of where they are. And I think that's the foundation of where are we? You can't change. You can't improve if you don't know where you are. So I think you said that very well. Well, Paul, any interesting industry news you've seen lately? I think the coolest stuff that I've seen, Paul, has all been around systems and support of product development and, and innovation. You know, once again, I take this from the long, long view where we where we had no systems and we had lots of point solutions and PowerPoint presentations and people doing it one way or another. Then we had embedded systems within companies. I see stuff going on now that is dealing with all the data, all the information that people have about everything. And I see discussions about using new tools that push us into more of a systems systems approach to products and innovation. So I see the IT side of this is, and you guys are right in the center of it, you know, at, at Sophion and in, in what's happening. It, it becomes so powerful if the company can get its mind wrapped around it. And it's not just for the person doing work on their desktop or the portfolio analyst trying to get a PowerPoint deck ready for a presentation to top management from the governance side. Or It's more than that. It's about having it enable the company to do things that it just couldn't do before. We couldn't, we just couldn't do this without systems. And digital transformation is just that. If, if one were to look at digital transformation from the eye of, a, of chain link alignment and what goes on there and what you're allowed to do, what you can do and what you, what you can't do, you start looking at things and say, wow, how do I innovate across the entire chain all at once? How do I innovate the, the chain links? in order to do things that I couldn't do for customers and, and build it into the whole product line strategy. That's what I see as cool. That's what's happening right now. Yeah, that's really great. You know, at the end of one of my recent blog articles I wrote, it's a great time to be in software, but you know, it's a great time to be in innovation. It is changing so much and it's a lot of fun. Paul, where do you see, where do you see innovation and product line strategy and approaches in five years? You know, it's so so funny to me, Paul, that over the years I have seen different things and I've actually been quoted on predicting stuff to go on. And I know personally that I'm always wrong. I'm always, always wrong. I'm not wrong in direction. I'm wrong in timing. And I always think things are going to happen faster than they do. And one of my disappointments in the whole innovation world is how slow innovation is to innovate. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like the shoemaker's child. You know, it's very hard for innovators to change what they're doing. Yet, I think that in the future, we're going to see 
how we do things and what we're doing and why we're doing it change much faster than we've what we have now. To predict where we're going to be in five or 10 years is to me, don't ask me because I'm always wrong. I can just tell you we're going in that direction. How fast <laughs> we get there, it's going to be up to everybody and what they do. <laughs> great answer, Paul. That's a great answer. Well, hey, Paul, I've really enjoyed our, our chat today. Where do people find out more? How can they reach you? How can they learn more? I have lots of stuff available for people and on my website, either through white papers or through blog postings. There's some audio blogs. If you're, if you're not into reading, you just want to listen, that's fine too. There's some videos that we've made to show show things, but there's lots to be lots on our website. And you can get to our website at adept hyphen plm.com that's a-d-e-p-t hyphen p-l-m like product line management.com or just you know get in there hit the contact button and send me a note and i'm happy to respond and i love talking to anybody about anything that they're doing in the area consultants as well consultants and and happy to to share all that, that all that i'm doing so there you go. That's that's how we do it. If you, you can go on our website and, and reach out to us directly. That's great. Well, everybody, I hope you do take a look at Paul's website. And I encourage all of you to get Paul's book. It's a great book. You know, Paul shares freely with the community as uh, as you hear him talk about it. And Paul, there are many topics we could speak about. Uh, we just don't have enough time today, but I'll hope you'll come back and join us again. There you go. Love to do it, Paul. Thank you very much for having me. And say hello to all my friends at Sofian. Will do. Will do. And everybody knows they can reach me as well through email that's described at the end of the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for joining. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.